Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to the program as we are here today to rejoice as we have the smiles on our faces. What a great day this is. What a great time this is to live in to witness this monumental event of the overturning of the Supreme Court Roe versus Wade. We are just rejoicing here and we are just so glad about it. And I, I just want to to have it right off the bat to, to express our joy and our delight at what we have witnessed take place. So today's date, we are recording this on June the 29th. So we are five days following the uh, ruling. This is our first recording since the decision. So for those of you that are listening now on radio, you're hearing this a couple of weeks later, but we are today again rejoicing for this first time getting together following this Supreme Court decision. And, and we are just so glad about the things that our Lord is doing in that Babies' lives are being saved in the womb. So I am so delighted to have once again joining me my good friend uh, and frequent guest, Dr. Bruce Logan, the founder of Dr. Bruce Logan Ministries, is here to discuss this monumental event. Dr. Logan, thank you so much for coming on to speak with me uh, once again. Well, thank you for having me, and it's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. So as, as we were talking, we've been talking off air and, and we've been exchanging some text messages the last few days and, and we are rejoicing. And, you know, I have honestly been trying to really keep myself focused on the positive side of this decision, just just being so so elated and, and, and rejoicing within my spirit over what has taken place. Because, again, when we see so much of our society that seems to be celebrating wickedness and, and just promoting darkness. It's just so great to, to see something of this nature take place. But I have to be honest with you that it's, it's hard to ignore the fact that there are so many circles. And again, we've been talking about this um, off air, but, but not everybody is rejoicing. And, and we know the world, we, we've seen the, the clips and we've heard the audio of those who are out there and they are protesting and they're upset and we expect that from the world. But what really troubles me is the silence in churches. Uh, and it's a deafening silence. So what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I want to say too, I rejoice with you over the ruling. It was just a monumental ruling. And as a matter of fact, the fact that it happened during Pride Month, and I, I think that has I think that has gone unnoticed, uh, you know, by many people who are rejoicing like you and I, but that's just another element that we should kind of look at and from a providential standpoint, um, that this happened during Pride Month. And um I I have had an issue down through the years with the fact that, you know, in the churches, especially in our churches, um, the only time that we ever hear any type of uh, demonstrative uh, addressing of any type of cultural issue is when there's a uh, white police officer shooting an African-American uh, as basically that's the only time. And when that happens, Generally, you know, the, the pulpits across America are, you know, just enraged, you know, over the pulpit, over such an event. But outside of that, you very rarely, if ever, 
hear any type of culture war issues such as abortion, which is a major issue, um, you very rarely hear that addressed. And so um, that is very disturbing to me, um, as you um, pointed out. But, but another thing that I'm excited about that also may have gone under the radar is the fact that for the first time that, in, in fact, what actually drove the engine, um, just a little bit of behind the, behind the, uh, the scenes, a little information, what actually drove the engine in order to make this uh, ruling come to pass in the first place was for the first time the uh, – we, we began to ask the right question. In other words, for the past 50 years, we have been um, looking at the wrong question. We have been looking at it as a rights issue, a constitution issue, a woman's right to choose, and we have fallen into the left language. We have picked up on the left narrative and tried to make an argument based on the, le- the, the enemy's narrative. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there has only been one question that we should have been addressing from the very beginning. And that one question is, when does life begin? That's the question. Mm -hmm. When does life begin? So whenever I would get into, you know, conversations with individuals uh, about the issue, uh, what about a woman's right to choose? When does life begin? Uh, Well, you're trying to take away a woman's rights. When does life begin? Mm -hmm. That is the main question. and, and I believe that we have answered that question with this ruling. And But now I want to make a, a, another point, which is uh, we have to be careful because uh, we don't want to just spike the football, you know, just so quickly because the fight, we want a major battle, but the fight is not over. The battle is not over right. because now it has to go to the states and already several states like of course, it would be expected, like New York and California uh, are, are uh, promising that they're going to allow, you know, people from out of state to come to their state. And even Canada, I don't know if you heard that, but Canada, Justin Trudeau uh, uh, announced that anybody from America could feel welcome to come up and use their health care services to get an abortion. So mm-hmm. the battle is not over, but we did win a major victory. And uh, we did get the main question, uh, or we made the, what I like to say, made the main thing the main thing, which is when does life begin? So now that's going to be the ongoing topic, even in uh, many of our state legislative battles. You know, that question is going to have to be addressed from here on out. And to me, that could be considered maybe the biggest victory of all, because now we're, we've gotten to the point where we're now uh, are going to be forced to make the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about churches that are so quick to speak out on the social issues, the social justice issues. And I know of several churches in my area, churches that I've actually physically been in. I've sat in these churches and and watch and listen to services. And you're right. When things happen like George Floyd incident, they were quick to go online to post a statement, a video statement within. I mean, we're talking about within a matter of hours of the incident happening to condemn racism and and all the things of that nature, uh, which, you know, we've talked about it in the past, how we think that there is a, a, a skewed view on, on their their outlook on those issues. But but for the sake of this discussion, I, I went to those churches, Facebook pages to to see 
if they have made any statement. And even as of just before we came on the air, uh, there were a handful of churches that I know of in my area and I went to see and there are no statements concerning this overturning of Roe versus Wade. And it's just it, it boggles the mind that, that there are churches that are not wanting to celebrate again the fact that this ruling has been made in which like you said, yes, the states is where the decisions go to. So there is still the, the, the battle is still ongoing. Uh, we won one battle, but the, the major the war is still ongoing. But uh, but the fact that, yes, there are going to be some babies saved to to not celebrate that. It's just it's, it's mind blowing to me. And, you know, it makes me think to myself and I, I've been real hesitant. I've been wrestling with this in my in my spirit here the last few days. Because we expect some of these denominations like PCUSA, we, we know that those are apostate churches. Um, right. But for those who are just being indifferent, who are not saying anything, what what do you think? I mean, is it going too far to say that these are apostate churches or are they just in a state of apathy? I mean, where, where do you think we really draw the line there? Well, in my personal opinion, as you said, you know, we have to identify churches that are actually apostate, but there's a difference between being apostate and just having apathy. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Both are bad. One is just worse than the other. Yeah. Uh, being, have, being apathetic is very bad, meaning just basically it's, you're saying that you're, you basically don't have any like concern or kind of you just call home about a particular given issue. Um, and, and that's part of the problem. And as a matter of fact, the main theme of your ministry is dealing with uh, uh, Bible prophecy. That's basically your main thrust. Mm-hmm. And some of the main things that you and I, you know, have discussed in various uh, interviews that we've done. And I would make the claim that because there's such a lack of interest or an apathetic view of the study of Bible prophecy, what that has done is that it has led to an, an incredible lack of discernment of the times that we're living in by most pastors and leaders in our churches, which is, you know, can be point. I can use that to point back to the fact that that's probably the main reason why we don't address uh, or they don't address many of these culture issues over the pulpit because it's tied into or linked to their lack of discernment that stems from their lack of it or apathetic view of Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. And we know the scripture says, I, I want to share this scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And this is a verse that, that so many Christians know, or at least should know, but here the Lord is talking to the nation of Israel, but this, uh, this applies to, to all of us though. There's still application as principle here in which it states, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord, your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life in the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And then, of course, it goes on to to speak of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But again, the same principle is there. The Lord is giving before us life and death. And there are those out there who are choosing death. And the Bible makes it very clear. There is cursing that comes along with that. Curses come upon the land 
for choosing death. And so so we again here at uh, Discerning the Times, Blessings to Israel. I know your ministry as well. We we celebrate life. We choose life because we want blessings and because we 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 love the Lord and we love life. And so that is what we are here to celebrate. But again, the the silence in so many churches is is, is just deafening. So we're going to pause for a brief announcement, but we're going to come back and talk more about Roe versus Wade, the overturning. And we're going to also speak about the importance, as you touched on, Dr. Logan, of Bible prophecy. So we're going to, again, pause for a short break, but please don't go away. Back with more on the other side concerning the overturning of Roe versus Wade as we rejoice and the importance of Bible prophecy. You are tuned in to Discerning the Times. You are tuned into Discerning the Times. If you believe in what we stand for, would you consider partnering with us? Our partners program is based on Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. For a recurring donation of $12.03 per month, you can help us share the message of Discerning the Times as we await our Lord's return to Israel. For more information, please visit our website, BlessingsToIsrael.com, or write to us at Blessings to Israel, PO Box 266, Nightdale, North Carolina, 27545. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's program. Welcome back to the program. Being joined today by my good friend and colleague in the ministry, Dr. Bruce Logan, to discuss the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court monumental decision that we are just rejoicing today. And we've just been discussing the fact that there are churches out there who are silent on this issue. They are not saying anything. And again, the silence is deafening. But we already had a topic of Bible prophecy scheduled for this date. But in light of this, we thought we needed to have some time to discuss this decision from the Supreme Court. So before we turn to prophecy, uh, Dr. Logan, do you have any more to add concerning, again, the silence from from churches, the apathy, the indifference when it comes to this decision? Well, of course, the apathy and the silence is very glaring and it's also very disturbing. But what is also very disturbing is, is the fact that we're seeing um, just outrage and protest in the streets. And that outrage and protest that we're seeing in the streets, that alone should be something that the uh, that should spur the pastors to, to comment about. Because just think about this. Imagine having this much, out, this much outrage and this much rage over babies being saved. I just kind of wrap your mind around that mm -hmm. just for a moment, you know, because babies are being saved are causing this much outrage is that, that in itself points to something that's demonic. Yes. Yes. You know, it, it's absolutely demonic, but it also, one of the things that I, I sit in the third, because I, you know, like you, I love the study of Bible prophecy, you know, above all my biblical studies. And one of the things that I've done and learned to do down through the years because of my study of prophecy is I like to uh, filter my worldview or my opinion of cultural issues through the lens of Bible prophecy or, or uh, more specifically through, like, for example, the book of Daniel, for an example. Um, and one of the things you know, that stood out, maybe I'm, I'm just kind of like geekish when it comes to this type of stuff. But one of the things that jumped out to me right away is and just think about this for a moment. I don't believe it, that, that, that it was a coincidence that the two most divisive presidents in American history, 
the was Lincoln was the most he was up until Trump he was the most divisive president in American history because remember he was so divisive that the South had already proclaimed ahead of time that if Lincoln wins the election we're succeeding. I mean you can't get more divisive than that. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward into 2016, Trump became the next most divisive president uh, in American in American history. Now think about this: the two most divisive presidents. All right, one was Lincoln, who abolished slavery with his divisiveness, abolished slavery, and signed the Thirteenth Amendment. And it was Trump. Fast forwarding 200 years, it was Trump who elected the judges that overturned Roe v. Wade. And, and another, they they also uh, ruled in our favor, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, that yesterday they signed, a, I mean, they uh, overturned a ruling about prayer in public because yeah. mm-hmm. a, a football coach uh, uh, won his case because he was fired from his job as a football coach because he would pray every after every game in the middle of the field and a lot of his players would huddle around, and, and many players from the opposing team would huddle around. Somebody filed a suit, and the, uh, the Supreme Court ruled yesterday in, in, uh, in our favor in that particular case. And yeah. so think about that. That was not a coincidence. I honestly believe that, that we're, we're, we were looking at two events that were um, divinely orchestrated from a prophetic standpoint in order for those to happen. In other words, the point that I want to make by that, that as believers, we have to be discerning. We cannot embrace the world's narrative. We have to be concerning, or I'm sorry, discerning of the, the signs of the times. And the only way that we're going to be able to do that, um, the only way we're going to have that discerning ear, that discerning, especially if we're leaders, is if we get into the study of Bible prophecy, because there's a linkage that's unmistakable between between Bible prophecy and current and uh, cultural events. It's just unmistakable. And I'm sure we'll get into that later as we get more into our discussions about the importance of studying prophecy. But I just wanted to, to, to lay out that precursor because there's a connection between these events and uh, what God is doing in the, in the unseen realm in terms of preparing the stage for the second coming of our Lord. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm, I'm going to just part right there for a moment because Donald Trump, you talked about being discerning and I took a lot of heat. I'll admit I'm not ashamed to to admit that I um, supported I voted for Donald Trump and, and especially as a man of color. I really took a lot of heat for that. Uh, people call me all kinds of things uh, for doing so. But I was trying to get people to understand, listen, no, I, I don't believe that his his character, his his mean tweets and his his boastfulness and his sometimes display of arrogance. I, I'm not for any of that, but I was looking at his policies and not only that, the Holy Spirit, I felt, was really putting it inside of me that God was going to do some great things through this man, even though he displayed a lot of characteristics that were not in line with Christianity. But I took a lot of heat for that. And now looking back on it, and and there were things even once his first term ended that he had already did that were good for Christians, you know, moving the the embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and declaring Jerusalem as the capital, you know, things of that nature. And there were so many others. But, um, you know, looking at it now, he's appointed 
three these three Supreme Court justices who really were the ones who put the the the, the decision over the top, who made the difference, you could say, in this decision happening. And as I think back on it, Dr. Logan, I remember how when President Trump was coming into office, there were witches out in the, the streets and they were were out there and they were gathering to try to put hexes and curses on Donald Trump and just all kinds of vile things happening. And I, I was thinking to myself, there is a spiritual component. You and I have talked about that so much, this spiritual warfare that is taking place and seeing the spiritual being manifested in the natural. And I was thinking this is is probably the primary reason along with many others. But I, I was thinking this could be the primary reason why the demonic forces were so much against Donald Trump, because it's through him that this Supreme court decision has taken place. And I was talking to my mother about it a couple of days ago and I, I was telling her this exact same thing. And I said, you know, that's why I try to get people to understand that when you go, when you vote, you have to look beyond the, the natural and, and look at what could be going on. What could God possibly be, possibly be doing and it's just looking back on it and my mother said she said you're right she said but not everyone has that same level of discernment and I said yes that's that's true but we have to seek the Lord and we have to um, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us on these matters and and for that being said you know if there's someone out there who as a genuine uh, believer in Christ, if you felt that you should not have voted for Donald Trump in 2016, I'm not knocking you for that. I'm not I'm not saying that there's that means you're not a Christian or you're you're not what you're supposed to be about. But I'm pointing out the fact that to your point, there are things happening on the world scene that God is orchestrating that really is all leading up to the the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But had Hillary Clinton won the election in 2016, this decision by the Supreme Court would not have happened. That's 100 percent true. But then I want to add another little nuance to that, that uh, maybe many of your listeners have not uh, stopped to consider, is that the current attorney general is Merrick Garland, who Obama tried to promote toward the end of his term, right? Remember that? Mm -hmm. Mary Garland is the current attorney general. And when the ruling came out Friday, he, he turned around and claimed that they, this is the attorney general, the lead legal officer or police officer, you might say, of the United States, the attorney general came out and said that they were not going to respect or honor the Supreme Court ruling. And he was, a step away from being on the court himself. Think about that now. So the most, the most uh, suave presidents, or one of the most suave presidents, popular presidents we ever had, was going to appoint Merrick Garland as, you know, a, a, as somebody who uh, is openly writing and saying publicly that they're not going to honor the Supreme Court decision. Wow. So just kind of think about that, and then think about also that Ruth Bader Ginsburg stayed in office until until her death mm -hmm. when she died in time and Mason uh, uh, and allowed Trump to uh, to appoint her successor as opposed to Obama right so yeah. think about that. Mm -hmm. so we have all of those nuances that literally happened that I believe that there's some a divine supernatural connection as to the timing of everything and then one last thing I just want to point out to your listeners especially if you're a true believer, truly desire to be discerning, is that we, especially when it comes to the political arena, because we have to keep this in mind. In the United States, we have been given by God a privilege 
that most cultures in history have never had, that we have given the, the uh, opportunity that we can vote for our leaders uh, every four years or every eight years or whatever the case might be. We have that opportunity and we can vote you in, we can vote you out. And we have to take that more seriously by being more informed. And, and I like to use the word to be more specific, more discerning if we are believers, because it's that discerning ear, uh, that discerning person who is going to be able to make better decisions based upon the times that we're living in. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to say that because it's most of the time we get it caught up and we vote based on personalities, whether we like or dislike a personality or we, we stuck to our given political party. And once we get stuck in a particular mindset rut, then discernment tends to just go out of the window. So we have to, again, be students of the Bible, students of prophecy, which in turn will allow us to have more discernment and we'll be able to make better decisions and will help us all help our children, help our grandchildren uh, in, in the future in terms of the world that we're going to leave for them. Amen. Amen. That was so well stated. Uh, so we're down to the final minute. So we're not going to get to what we had scheduled to talk about the importance of studying Bible prophecy, but that is quite all right. I believe in following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted us to discuss this today because we, we really need to talk about it again about the silence of some Christians. But I want to focus on the positive uh, that that again, we are rejoicing in what is happening. But again, as you said, the the war is still to come. I mean, we're we're not done yet. We still have to keep fighting. So, Doctor Logan, um, you're going to be back with us next week to discuss the importance of studying Bible prophecy. But share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out more about your ministry. Well, you can first of all, you can visit me and, and read some of my writings on one of my two websites of uh, drbrucelogan.com and brucelogan.ministries.com. And you can follow me on Facebook at DBL Ministries, at DBL Ministries. And then I also have a Facebook group, uh, Dr. Bruce Logan Teaching Ministries on Facebook group. You can follow me on that. And on, you can follow me on Twitter at drbrucelogan1. And, or you can email me at dr2logan at aol.com. All right. And also, you can follow me on YouTube, by the way. Um, uh, I have a YouTube, Bruce Slogan Teaching Ministry YouTube channel. You can follow me there also. I've been doing a study on the book of Daniel, and uh, I just have dropped last week's lesson number 16. So um, you can follow that along as well. All right. All right. To our listeners, uh, please follow Dr. Logan again. You've heard from this program. Great words of wisdom. Dr. Logan, thank you for coming on to speak to us today about this vital topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, please come back and join us next week. Again, we're going to cover the importance of studying Bible prophecy. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel. And to the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.